Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey, my friends, welcome into episode number 105 of the Leaning into Leadership podcast. My guest on the show today is Sam Demma. And if you don't know who Sam Demma is, listen up, because here's what you need to know. Sam is the best-selling author of the book, Empty Your Backpack, Unpack Your Beliefs, Take Consistent Action, and Create a Life of Meaning. He's one of the most in-demand keynote speakers in the education and association sectors. He founded a volunteer organization called Pick Waste. He has delivered two TEDx talks, and as a result of all of his contributions in Canada, he was awarded the prestigious Queen's Platinum Jubilee Award. I'll be honest with you, all of that stuff's really cool, but here's the thing that you really need to know about Sam. Sam is a young guy with a huge heart who just simply wants to make a difference in the life of as many kids as he possibly can. Sam and I originally connected back during the pandemic. A mutual friend of ours connected us and said, hey, Sam, you should have Darren on your podcast. And I was on and we had a great time and we've stayed in touch since. But the amazing thing is, is I have watched Sam and his meteoric rise with the work that he is doing, the impact he leaves in every community that he visits. You see, he isn't just about the message that he delivers, but about the change he inspires. Folks, Sam and I sat down recently and had a really powerful conversation about the stuff he does, about some of what I do, and just about making a difference in the life of others. It's an incredible conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. You're going to catch it right on the other side of this. Leaders, your educators deserve to have a leader who believes in them who supports them, and who lifts them up when they're down. Right now, they deserve that reminder that they are traveling their own road to awesome. On that road to awesome, we focus on the things we can control and we let go of the things we can't. On that road to awesome, we rise by lifting others, not by pushing each other down. And on that road to awesome, we change the world one conversation at a time. Leaders, I want to work with your schools. I want to work with you and your educators to lift them up, to honor the work they do, and to let them know they are not in this alone. Let's get together. Let's have a conversation. Let's get your teachers back on that road to awesome, to find that love, to find that clarity, and to walk in their purpose. Reach out to us at roadtoawesome.net for your opportunity to bring Road to Awesome to your school. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. So when I think back to especially my time as a high school principal. There were times when I wanted to bring just the right person in to convey a message to my students that maybe I could say, but they wouldn't necessarily hear it from me. They needed to hear it from somebody they could really connect with. 
And joining me on the show today is that person. I, I wish that at the time when I was a high school principal that my, my guest today, Sam Demma, would have been out doing the work. The truth is, during that time, Sam would have been a high school student. So he wasn't out doing that work quite yet, but he is doing that work right now and conveying an absolutely powerful message to kids all over the place. And uh, I'm excited to have this conversation today. Sam, welcome into the show. Dan, you gave me some goosebumps with that introduction, my friend. Thank you so much for the kind words, oh. for having me on. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm glad we finally have this opportunity. Um, I mean, you and I have been connected since, oh man, right around the start of the pandemic. Um, I think uh, our mutual friend, Melissa Wright uh, in Canada, uh, was the one that connected us. And uh, we had a conversation, I think I was on your podcast back then. Um, but uh, definitely excited to to talk with you today. And as always, it's good to see you. So just really quick uh, for for my audience who maybe don't know who you are, just, just give them a little a little taste of who you are and what you're about. My name is Sam Demma. I am currently 24 years old as of a few days ago or weeks or months depending on when you listen to this podcast. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> I am a best-selling author of the book titled Empty Your Backpack and a keynote speaker in the education industry. I focus primarily on the topics of student leadership and mental health. I have been speaking in schools since I was 17 years old. And it came about through a very unexpected turn of events when I was still a student myself going through some difficult times. And I had a teacher like yourself who really cared about the students in front of them and believed in me when I stopped believing in myself. And it put my life on a totally different trajectory. I love that so much. So actually, you know, yeah, seven years ago, we might have been able to make that happen. Yeah. You know, you as a, <laughs> Probably as a, a grade 12, I believe, is, is what you would say in, in Canada. A senior in high school is what we would say here. But, uh, uh, but that's interesting. So, so talk a little bit more about that. I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it. It was something that I wanted to, I wanted to hit fairly early in the show anyway. I mean, you're, you're a really young individual in this space. And first off, I think it's absolutely phenomenal to have somebody at the age of 24 in the speaker space specifically for education because there are so many things like I alluded to at the beginning, so many messages, um, the leadership piece that you talk about, the, you know, the mental health piece um, that our students need to hear. And the more they can hear it from people that they really connect with, you know, mm -hmm. that you know, when, when they see somebody like, like you, Sam on stage, it's like, Hey, you know, he's, you know, he's like me. There's, there's a lot of things that, that are in common there. So may, maybe just talk a little bit more about kind of that, that trajectory that has gotten you here. We're, we're going to loop back to best-selling author. We're definitely going to talk about empty your backpack, but I just want to know a little bit more about you forging your way into the educational speaker space. One of the earliest beliefs I remember carrying in my own backpack was at the age of five years old, and I wanted nothing more than to be a professional soccer player. And I carried that dream with me for eight years, and at the age of 13, earned an opportunity to move to Italy for six months with a professional club in the hope that after the time spent with their club, they would sign me on a full-time contract. That experience didn't result 
in that goal of signing a pro contract, but it helped me believe that that dream of mine was possible. And I came back home and I started high school a year after all of my classmates because I had been gone for six months. And I made a promise to myself that I was going to do everything in my power to bring this dream to life. I made lots of sacrifices throughout my four years of high school. And in my senior year, if you're in the U.S. or grade 12 in Canada, I fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at adversity, I had three major knee injuries over the next two years. I had two surgeries and also tore the cartilage or the, the labrum in my right hip. And I spent about two and a half years trying to get back on the field during this tough time. Went down a pretty challenging path mentally. I felt as if I had no purpose as a human being because my identity was so attached to my ability to be a great athlete. And while this is all unfolding, my world issues teacher, Mr. Loudfoot, helped me realize that soccer is just one game in life, but life is filled with thousands. And he was the one who inspired me to try and use my life for service. And there was a lesson he taught in class titled Small Consistent Actions. And he said, go in the community, take a small consistent action, and I promise you at some point it'll make a big impact. And I started walking home from school asking myself, what small actions can I take? I stumbled on a coffee cup two weeks after that lecture and decided I would start picking up garbage. I was not seeking to change the world or be some massive environmentalist. It just seemed like a simple thing that I could do. And I did it for four months. I'd put a garbage bag in my backpack and fill it with trash on the walk home. And then a friend saw me right before we graduated from our senior year, driving home in a Honda minivan, looking like a parent of 12 kids. <laughs> and, and he pulls up beside me. And if you're listening to this and you drive a minivan, just so you know, I drive a Pontiac minivan too. And I love those vehicles. And especially when you have a giant backpack, you can fit it in the trunk. Uh, there you go. He, he pulls up beside me and he's like, dude, what are you doing? And I explained to him what my teacher told me, you know, small actions consistently make a massive impact. And he's like, why don't we do something with this? We started doing these one hour weekly litter cleanups when we were seniors every Saturday morning for one hour once a week. And it gained so much support, momentum, and student volunteers in the first two months that we never stopped the project. It continued in my hometown of Pickering, Ontario in Canada for six years. We completed over 350 cleanups and filled about 3,000 bags of garbage. And I needed more volunteers. So I started calling principals and asking if I could speak for two to three minutes at the end of the pre-existing rallies and assemblies in the school. And because I was giving a volunteer opportunity, everyone said yes. And I was only asking for two to three minutes. And after doing about 40 of these voluntary recruitment presentations, a principal handed me an honorarium of $50 and said, consider this a deposit. Because if you make a program in the future, we'll bring you in to deliver something for 30 to 60 minutes. And I'm, I was so confused. I said, what do you mean bring me in? Do you bring people in often? And they're like, yeah, a couple of times a year. And I think you have what it takes. You should look into this. And I went home curious because I felt like my voice was making a positive impact in the lives of people. And I felt like I was having fun. And so I went home and I went on Google and I searched the words youth speaker. And I called everyone I could find in the first five pages of the Google results and asked them questions about how they got to where they were. And everyone, as you probably know, in this industry was so kind and they gave me time yeah. and answered all my questions. And one thing led to a next and here we are today. And that's really the, the 
the adversity that I went through at the early stages of my career and the mentor and teacher, Mr. Loudfoot, that redirected me and, and what brought me to where I am now. Well, first, I've got to say, you know, big shout out to Mr. Loudfoot uh, for for seeing that in you and for um, for just putting that challenge forward. You know, it, it makes me think of um, one of one of my teachers that I had way back when I was in, in high school. Um, I had him as both a sophomore and as a senior. And um, his words escaped me. I can't I can't say it exactly the way he did. But but he issued a challenge to to all of us. And he did it on a regular basis. And um, when I graduated from college, um, I sent him a, a graduation announcement. Uh, I mean, essentially, his challenge was, uh, was around, you know, follow through, you know, if going to college and graduating from college is what you plan to do, then do it. And uh, so anyway, I sent him a graduation announcement, he showed up at my graduation. Uh, it was the last thing I would have expected, but he showed wow. up there and, and said, thank you for calling me on this challenge. He's like, I've been challenging kids for years and very rarely do, do kids actually follow up on, on what I, I challenged him on. So mm. certainly Mr. Loudfoot's challenge um, did not um, escape you. And, and certainly it turned into something that, that made a huge difference uh, in your hometown. Um, talk to me a little bit about... Um, I want I want to stay on this service project because I think it's just such a huge huge piece and I know it's something that you know a lot of my listeners Sam are school superintendents school principals assistant principals you know that that type of role uh, classroom teachers and you know student service is something that that we're all very passionate about and that we want. Um, our students to be a part of. And, and so many schools, you know, have it as a requirement. Like, you know, you've got to have 40 hours of community service to graduate. And when it's a, I have to, or it's a check mark, it's not, it's not meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's something like, like your experience, when it's, you know, Hey, I can find something, some, some small consistent action that can make a difference. That's where it really, really comes from. So I, I, I'm not exactly sure how I want to ask this question, but maybe maybe share a little bit around as you were gaining these additional volunteers, what, what, what was your experience? What were you hearing from some of them as far as, you know, you rallied a large group together to, to ultimately do this work. Um, just maybe talk about how, how that groundswell um, is created and, and what it's like to experience that from something you did just you on your own. I think the biggest piece in building that groundswell and getting more people involved is consistency. Our group knew that we were showing up every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 o'clock, rain or sun, and we would pick up garbage in the rain. <laughs> Me and my co-founder Dylan were extremely passionate at that point in our lives about this initiative and building a community. And what was really interesting and cool was a lot of the people that came out had already finished their 40 hours required for high school to graduate. The reason they showed up is because they found a community of like-minded people. And some of them may have felt like outcasts at school but when they came to the cleanups on the weekend and we'd be playing music and we'd welcome everybody, they knew they belonged here and they could be celebrated and accepted just as they are. So I think more than picking up garbage, it actually gave certain students a second home. And we built that home and grew that home 
in the number of people that quote unquote lived in it by showing up just by staying consistent with the initiative and talking to more principals and posting on social media. I think for me, one of the most meaningful aspects of the project was when other students started asking if they could do their own. And we had four cleanups happening at the same time in different cities or five cleanups at the same time. And, and we did it on a weekly basis for three years. And then the fourth and fifth year, we did it on a bi-weekly basis. Now Dylan and I have both kind of transitioned out of the, the role of running these weekly cleanups. Uh, we handed it off to another team for a year. And now we do a, an annual event in our hometown where we invite out a couple hundred people to do a massive cleanup. So it's definitely changed and transitioned as both of our lives have changed and transi transitioned. Um, but I look back on it with so much fond memories and always look forward to the cleanup that we do every single second Saturday of July. Um, so yeah, that's how we grew it. And that's what I think it meant to a lot of the students that participated. I think, I think you hit, you hit two really key pieces right there, two, two very important words and that's community and relationships. And, mm -hmm. you know, when, when we create those spaces, uh, that that come from our heart and come from a place of genuine service of genuinely wanting to make a difference. Um, those are the types of things that attract other people and attract like-minded people, like like you talked about with that. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. You know, um, so you and I have kind of disclosed this already, and so this is more listeners. I'm speaking really to you right now. Um, again, I've, I've known Sam for a while. We've had a few conversations. That's the first time I've heard this story. And so um, I'm, I'm just, man, I'm, I'm humbled to, to be having this opportunity to sit and talk with you because it it's a really, really powerful story. And uh, um, I hope that, that that story, and we're going to get to even more here with, uh, with the backpack and that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But I hope that that's something that um, as listeners are, are kind of taking this in on their Sunday walk or you know, on their on their commute to work or whatever that that inspires them to, you know, find those additional ways to it, it just issue that challenge because it's not falling on deaf ears. Your kids are listening. Maybe you don't think they are. Maybe maybe you think your students are are not hearing the words that you're saying, but it's clear in your case and in so many other other cases that um your kids are listening and, and educators, you are making a difference. It's clear that, uh, that Mr. Loudfoot, um, and this, this principal who, who gave you the honorarium too, by the way, you know, definitely made a difference and made an impact on you. So, sorry, that's, that's just a little bit of a bird walk there, but, um, I, you and I are both in the education space and, and I know your primary audience are the kids, but man, it's, there's a huge amount of impact that our teachers are making every day. I'll just let you run with that. I was going to say my teacher knew because I told him, but it makes me think about all the students that maybe didn't have the courage to walk up to the teacher and tell the teacher how much of a difference they made. Or I've interviewed like yourself, so many educators. And when I ask, tell me a story about a student who was impacted. People often say, I taught this kid in 1992 and in 2012, he sent me an email or they sent me an email. So there's that gap. And just because you're not getting the immediate reaction doesn't mean you're not making a difference. I often think about an experience I had in the middle of winter in Medicine Hat, Alberta. I was speaking at a convention. I woke up early because it was a very early session. I walked outside. It's minus 31 degrees. And I see this gentleman holding a leaf blower. 
And I'm thinking to myself, it's the middle of winter. There's snow everywhere. Why is this guy in the parking lot with a leaf blower? And I, I, I silently just watched him for about two minutes. And I see as he starts walking up to every vehicle and blowing the snow off of their dashboards. And I couldn't stop. Help, I couldn't help myself from thinking about the fact that this guy was clearing all the cars in the parking lot when all the drivers of those cars were comfortably sleeping in hotel rooms. And when they did get out of the hotel and get in their vehicles to drive wherever they had to go, they would have had no idea that this, this person spent two hours making their trip a little bit easier today. And it made me think about education because teachers operate in the same way. You do the right things. Even when you know you might not get the applause, even when you know that someone's not even going to recognize that you planted a seed. Does it mean it's not making a difference? Absolutely not. Oh, that's just so powerful. I love that so much. Ah, so many great stories. And and so I'm going to transition this then into, uh, honestly, what, what will be another story. Um, so I want you to talk a little bit about just the concept of empty your backpack and we'll, we'll get to, you know, to the tour and, and, you know, some of the messages that you're really carrying, but, um, you know, just, just that whole idea of emptying your backpack, um, talk a little bit about kind of where that came from, what, what, what the purpose behind the analogy, the backpack is, you know, how that, how that carries that message. Um, and then maybe just, you know, what, what are you sharing with students right now? What, what are you hoping students are taking away from, from that conversation. For those of you listening to this, if you pause it and you do a quick Google search of empty your backpack, you would see an image of a giant four foot red backpack that I wear on my shoulders and all the presentations I do. And the backpack is an analogy for our minds and it's filled with the beliefs we carry around. And I wanted to create a movement, a book, a speech that helps students realize that their beliefs matter. They're important. And it was inspired by an emotional conversation that I had with a grade 10 student or a, not a junior, what would a grade 10 student be in the U.S.? <laughs> be a sophomore. A sophomore. <laughs> a sophomore. Yeah. 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 Not a freshman. I, it, not a junior, yeah. Grade 10. We, we still get that. We, we can, we can make the transition on that. We get, we get that one. <laughs> so I was speaking to a sophomore and it was on an Instagram live call and I asked this young man what he was passionate about most in his life. And he said he wanted to be an actor and he wanted to have 50,000 followers on TikTok. I didn't understand why he wanted 50,000 followers. So I asked him an open-ended question. I said, why? What in your life would change if I snapped my fingers and suddenly 50,000 people were following you? And he said, well, if I had 50,000 followers, I think kids at school would stop bullying me and calling me a loser. And he got extremely emotional and he turned off the camera on his phone during this Instagram live call. And there was fortunately another 20 students watching who tried to make this young man feel loved by putting the most positive stuff in the chat box. And it took us together five minutes to get him to turn his camera back on. And when he did, he was crying and we, we tried to lighten the mood and we connected him with his guidance counselors who sent him merchandise in the mail. But after the call ended, I just couldn't stop thinking about the conversation and at the time, I was sitting in my basement office, actually my parents' basement office. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that to go a little further, yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was on uh, one of those rolly chairs. Yeah, and, you know, I know you know the rolly chair. They have a little lever on the oh, right-hand yeah. side. You pull on it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and after the call ended, I was just thinking to myself, I wonder how long this young man 
who has such a bright future was carrying around the negative thoughts that some other people placed on his shoulders. And I wondered how long he'd been allowing those to change the way he showed up and the way he saw himself. And so I started writing this spoken word poem and it was for this young person. And, and I wanted to encourage this young person to let go of these negative thoughts and opinions and be who they truly were. And I thought if you're carrying people's opinions, maybe I could use a backpack as imagery. And if you're carrying lots of opinions, you probably have a pretty big backpack. And so I ended up buying this giant backpack and writing this poem. And after I finished the poem and found the backpack, I thought, gosh, there has to be more to this project than just the poem in a big bag. And so I ended up writing a book titled Empty Your Backpack, which strives to achieve the same thing, to help young people realize that they can be who they truly are, even if it does disappoint the people around them, that they don't have to carry the negative words and opinions that other people try and place on their shoulders. And after finishing the book, the poem, and finding the backpack, I turned it into a national speaking tour. And we did a 87 school uh, speaking tour in the fall, in the spring. And we're now doing a 65 school tour right now this fall. That's why I'm in a hotel room right now. Um, yeah. And that, that was really the, the inspiration and the story behind Empty Your Backpack, where it came from and why we're journeying across the country with this giant bag. What is the reaction that that you get? I mean, I, I've seen all kinds of videos, and folks, I, I'll I'll link a bunch of videos in the show notes and that kind of stuff. So it, you can Google it, or you can just click in the show notes and and see some of the some of the different imagery and some of the videos with uh, with Sam with this gigantic <laughs> red backpack um, on his back. What, what are some of the reactions that you get? Um, from students, um, especially when you very first start, you know, or, you know, you're, you're just beginning, you know, you're getting ready to kick off that, that particular speech at, at, at a given school, and they see this giant backpack. What, what types of reactions do you do you get from that? I typically try and hide the backpack and myself in a backstage or a gym storage room. And after the introduction is done, I walk out with the bag. And the moment they see it, chatter begins. Everyone's like, what, what's on his back? What's inside the backpack? Why is the backpack upside down? Oh my goodness, it looks like Among Us. Like they, there's all these similar, similarities they, they draw the backpack to. Um, and then I break out into a spoken word poem. And the moment they understand the analogy and it connects as to why the backpack's on my shoulders and why it's upside down, you just see kids in the crowd nod their heads. Like, oh, I get it. Um, and I think the most powerful part of the analogy is not the fact that we have a backpack on our own shoulders, but that if every human being has an invisible backpack on their shoulders that we know nothing about because we can't see their challenges and circumstances, then every action we take either adds weight to somebody else's backpack and makes their life more difficult, or if we act from a place of love and compassion and lead in, lean into leadership, then we can make other people's lives easier. And I think that's where the power of the, the backpack analogy really comes into play. I think it's amazing. And, you know, it's, it's something I, I like what you said there, too, about each individual. It isn't this isn't just our, our students. I'm, I'm really hopeful that the adults in the audience, when you are speaking, are really conscious of what you're talking about. Um, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot is how do we show up as individuals? And, you know, do we show up as a thermometer or as a thermostat, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can tell you what's wrong or 
I can actually do something about it. And mine typically is aimed at the adults because that's that's a lot of what we see in our schools is, you know, people who are happy to tell you everything that's wrong, but maybe they don't want to step up and make a difference. And so so I think about, you know, adults listening to your message and hopefully taking away that, wow, yeah, we've got to remember that we can't see what people are carrying around in their backpack. Um, I, I saw a video just a couple of days ago that you had shared. Um, it was a testimonial from a principal, really powerful testimonial. If I can find that, I'll, I'll also drop that in the show notes. But what are some things you hear from the adults? And I, I know the message is at the kids, but what do you hear from the adults? I can't tell you the number of times staff and educators walk up to me after the speech, almost whispering, as if they don't want their students to hear them saying, I think I needed this more than the kids did. <laughs> and it makes me think about my experiences growing up with my family, sitting on the couch, watching Disney and Pixar movies. You know, they're aimed at the kids, but they have these deep, profound lessons inside the movies and the parents watching them enjoy them just as much as their kids do. And the idea of carrying a backpack and having challenges in our lives is not exclusive to young people. We all have traumas and challenges and things that we're going through. And I think when we open our hearts and our minds to whatever experience we're having, we can all take something away from it. So teachers have told me that it really helped them with their own mental health and the way that they viewed some of their students' behaviors. I once had a teacher tell me that they were upset that a kid kept coming to class late every single day until they found out that this young man had to walk two of his younger siblings to school, make all three of them lunch and breakfast because both of his parents were gone and he couldn't get to school earlier, right? That was something in his backpack that his teacher had no idea of. And so just reminding you know, the educators that behind every choice and every action a student makes, there might be a circumstance that they're unaware of may help them have a little more empathy when those challenging moments do come. Um, I've heard lots of different things. I'm curious to know what you hear from teachers when you share certain messages like these ones with them as well. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think a lot of it is, is, is just what you said too. You know, the, you know, man, I, I, I hadn't thought about, you know, I hadn't thought about things from, from that angle. I just got an email a couple of days ago from a superintendent. Um, I had spoken in their district about a month ago, a month and a half ago. And she said, uh, she said, man, the thermometer, the thermostat, I just keep going back to that. And wow. she said, I've, I've actually said to a few staff, Hey, are you being a thermometer? Or are you being a thermostat right now? <laughs> and you know, and she's like, a staff are like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll stop with the blame. I'll, I'll start owning a little bit of this. And, um, I think I think the biggest thing with with both of those messages is just to remember that we're human beings and that yeah. you know we're in you know education is the people business. I mean, what what we're all about is is growing little people and making them better little people uh, over the course of a year and over the course of maybe you know twelve or thirteen years. But um, I think that's the biggest thing is just remembering. Um, you know, that all human beings, as you said, you know, have challenges and traumas and and things that, that we just don't realize or that we just don't, you know, stop and think, you know, why is this kid late every single day? Could there be more there? And and hopefully 
you know, it, your message, the message I deliver and so many other great, great speakers in the space do, hopefully it just reminds people to just take a breath and take that extra step, uh, step and, and maybe cultivate that relationship a little bit more. So maybe some of those things in the backpack aren't so invisible. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's the big thing that stands out to me. I couldn't agree more. And maybe that also means selling some of these giant backpacks and having one in every school. So as students walk the hallways, they see it and go, ah, yes, everyone's still wearing one of these, you know? Um, And maybe that happens in the future. Who knows? I'm planting seeds. There you go. That's your next step. (laughs) That's your next step. So, so I got to ask, I mean, I know, um, again, my, my listening audience is in a lot of places, but it's certainly pretty strong in the United States. Your, your, 87 school tour and your 67 or whatever the number was um, exclusively in Canada or mostly I believe in Canada, but we can get that backpack across the border, right? I mean, you can come those, those people who are listening, who are like, Holy cow, I have to have Sam in my school. The guy who was the principal who Holy cow, seven years ago, would love to have had you come and deliver that message to my school. Um, are, are we able to get that thing across the border? Can we have you here in the United States? Well, the border staff might have some questions about what's inside that backpack. <laughs> but, you might have a lot of fun with the, with the backpack at the border. I, with the recent acquiring of a visa, being a Canadian uh, citizen, I'm now legally able to work in the U.S. So we in this, in this fall tour, we have some stops in West Virginia and Wisconsin, and we have some stops in Arkansas. I'm talking to some schools in Florida right now and, and California. And so it's slowly starting to unfold and open up into the U.S. If you're an educator, principal, superintendent, administrator listening right now, and you're just curious to learn more, I'm always happy to have conversations. Um, I probably won't be driving the backpack across the U.S. like I did in Canada just yet, but I'm willing to hop on a plane and travel places and travel home. So uh, we are open and ready to bring the backpack across borders. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hopefully, hopefully we uh, we end up with one of those times where where you're in the states and you and I can have our paths paths crossed because yes. it would be wonderful to uh, to finally have an opportunity to meet you in person. So so Sam, let's do this. We're we're kind of at that point in the show where. Um, I, I'm ready to ask that last question. Same question I ask everybody here on the show. Um, and then we'll talk about how, how people can actually get in touch with you. But um, let's do that. It's the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, Sam. So how are you leaning into leadership right now? By showing up for myself just as much as I show up for everybody else. I think in my life, when things start feeling too heavy and my backpack feels like I can't carry it, it's because I've kept all the promises I'm making to everybody else and all the clients and people in my life, but I'm letting myself down on the personal promises that I told myself I would follow through on. And so these days I'm leaning into leadership by keeping those personal commitments, even when things get difficult or I get a little bit overwhelmed because I know that if I do, it fills up my cup and helps me pour into everybody else that I want to serve. Outstanding stuff. So how do people get in touch with you? How do they get connected? How do they follow you on social media? Well, first and foremost, if you're not subscribed to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, I don't know what you're waiting for. Don't just listen. (laughs) Tune in on every episode, not just this one. So subscribe to this. After you do that, 
you can send me a message on any social media platform. You can find me by just searching Sam Demma, D-E-M-M-A. That's also my website, samdemma.com. Or search Empty Your Backpack and any of those avenues will lead back to me. Awesome. Again, I'll put all those things in the uh, in the show notes. I'll put a link in there for you to go grab a copy of the book, folks. You definitely want to have a copy of the book. Uh, Sam Demma, thank you so much, man, for being here on the show. This was this was a phenomenal conversation, one of my favorite ones uh, to this point in time. I'm I'm left feeling like inspired, ready to run through a brick wall, just like ready to go keep making a difference in the world. Thank you so much, my friend, for being on the show. Darren, you're a phenomenal host. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor. Keep up the great work. And I look forward to crossing paths on the road with you very soon. That conversation with Sam was every bit as good as advertised, wasn't it? Man, I had so much fun catching up with Sam, and I really appreciate him coming here on the show. Folks, seriously, if you have the opportunity, if you have the means available, bring Sam to your school. He is somebody who is truly going to make a difference in the life of your kids, going to lift up your campus. Uh, truly somebody I think very highly of. So make sure you connect with him. I've got all of his contact information down there in the show notes. And now it's time for a pep talk. Well, Halloween is over. Yep, time to put away all that candy. And you choose how you want to put it away. But now we move into that stretch run. The stretch between now and the holiday break. And as we know very well, that time can be an exciting time but it can also be a really long run. We're getting ready to change our clocks. We're not going to see a whole lot of the sun. And that can lead to the fall slump. I had a conversation with a handful of leaders that I work with across the country here recently. And what I found was a lot of them are dealing with the same thing. They have staff who maybe have short fuses. And there's a little grumbling going on between the staff. And they feel like maybe their culture's not moving in the right direction. You know, a lot of that is just simply this time of year. You know, we, we close out that first quarter, we get headed into that run towards the holidays, and everybody gets a little bit short-tempered. So how do you deal with that? How do you support that? How do you make sure that everybody doesn't lose their mind, including you, leader? Well, here you go. Let me share three things with you that I think will help you to address that false slump. Number one, you got to get out and get visible. I know you hear it from me all the time, but you need to increase your availability even more. Ramp up that visibility, put it on your calendar, and be intentional about getting out there. It really does make a difference. Your presence as a leader will help to calm some of the nerves and help to remind your students what the expectations are. Number two, have direct conversations. There's going to be those grumblings among staff. You know, that informal staff meeting that happens in the parking lot, the one after the staff meeting, or maybe the one down at the local watering hole, you know, happy hour. So you're going to have those times where people are going to say this or that about you as the leader, or a lot of times it's just frustration, but you have to go and have those direct conversations. Don't let it fester. Okay. If, if there are specific complaints, you have to address them. If you don't, they're going to take on a life of their own. Make sure you get out and have those direct conversations. And number three, be willing to make some adjustments. You know, like everybody, you started the school year with really great plans. Like you knew exactly what you wanted, right? I mean, you had it all laid out. And now something has happened that has caused that plan to maybe go a little bit slower. Or maybe you need to put it on pause. Or maybe there's an element that you just need to kick it to the curb and just say, all right, I'm not going to do that. 
when you sit down and you have those direct conversations, when you hear some of the grumblings that are happening, you got to be willing to reflect on your own leadership. This isn't just about everybody else. Remember, leadership leadership is about serving others. And we have to be willing to look at ourselves and reflect on the work we've done up to this point. And if there's need for adjustment, be willing to make the adjustment. It's okay. It's not a sign of failure. It's a sign of great leadership. All right, so again, as you're baking your way through the fall slump, get out, increase your visibility, have direct conversations, and be willing to make some adjustments. That's your pep talk for this week. Thank you so much for joining me here on Leaning Into Leadership. Have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.